If you have your Bibles this morning, we're open to John chapter 4. We're going to look there today. This morning I want to begin a series called Building Blocks. And for the next few weeks, I want to share with you what the foundation of the church and our church is. There's a song called The Heart of Worship. It was written by Matt Redman, a worship leader over in England. And his pastor was trying to teach his church that the real meaning of worship And worship is more than just music that we sing. So he didn't allow any singing in the service for a period of time while they learned to worship God in other ways. And during that time, God moved on Matt's heart and he wrote this song, The Heart of Worship. Here's the chorus. It says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. You may not know this, but the last positive command ever given in the Bible are two words found in Revelation 22, verse 9. And it's this, worship God. Well, in our scripture this morning in John 4, we find the only time in the Bible where God seeks anything from his children. And amazingly, we're told that the one thing that God is seeking is worship. More than our wealth and our work and our witness, God wants our worship. And if anyone should know anything about worship, it would be the one we worship, Jesus. And so John 4 records this conversation that Jesus had with this woman at the well. And he takes the opportunity to share with this woman the truth about a subject that radically, eternally changed her life. And it can do the same for us. Worship. See, if you want to worship God the way that He desires and deserves and demands, we need to learn the truths that Jesus shared with this woman. And it begins here. We need to be flexible with our worship and flexible in where you worship. Well, let's jump right into the middle of this conversation. John 4, verse 19. Sir, the woman said, I can see you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Now just a little background as we dive in. This woman was a Samaritan. And Samaritans were Jews who had intermarried with the Syrians that had conquered Israel hundreds of years before. So Samaritans were half Jew, half Gentile, and they were despised by the Jews. As a matter of fact, the Jews called them the most despicable thing they would call anyone, dogs. Now now today, dogs is in slang a compliment, right? You're my dog. But, But back then it was not. See, a problem developed because these Samaritans, they wanted to worship just like the Jews did, but they weren't allowed to worship at the temple in Jerusalem. So they built their own temple on Mount Gerizim. To this very day, there are still Samaritans on Mount Gerizim, and they still worship there. And so this debate raged over the years whether or not it was proper to worship in a place other than the temple. And this woman raises this question to Jesus. And he gives her the answer that had to have just blown her mind. Continue, verse 23. 
Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Jesus gives her this revolutionary thought. He basically says worship is not a matter of where you are. It's a matter of who you know. See, there was a time that the Jews felt if you wanted to worship, you had to go to Jerusalem. You had to worship in the temple. But Jesus is pointing out a difference. A radical difference. In the Old Testament, God has a temple for His people. In the New Testament, God has a people for His temple. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? 2 Corinthians 6.16 you are the temple of the living God. You know, so often we talk about the church as being the house of God. And in one sense, the church is a house of God where people come together and we worship. But quite frankly, the church is not the house of God. Your body is the house of God. Your body, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, is to be a place of worship. And see, Jesus is teaching that worship is no longer just this event that occurs in a place at a certain time. Worship is a lifestyle that continues in a person. Not localized to the church. You don't have to go to the church to worship. In fact, you don't have to go anywhere to worship. The church is simply the place where we come together to worship God corporately as the family, as the body of Christ. But individually, when you become a child of God and a follower of Christ, you worship God anywhere and everywhere that you go. You know what that means? It means you don't come to church to worship. You come to church with worship. And you leave the church with worship. You should come in here worshiping and leave here worshiping. It's not just something you do on Sunday morning for one hour. It's something you do 24-7. Second, you need to be focused on who you worship. Listen again to verse 23. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God tells us He is looking for people that will worship Him the way He wants to be worshipped. The French had a proverb. It says, A good meal ought to begin with hunger. It's difficult to enjoy a meal when you're not hungry, right? God is looking for people who are so hungry for Him that nothing else except worship satisfies them. But I want you to see God is not only looking for worshipers, He's looking for true worshipers. And if there are true worshipers, there must be false worshipers. If there's true worship, there must be false worship. So what is true worship? Well, true worship is first a matter of worshiping the right God. True worshipers worship the Father. And that raises a question, whose father is to be worshipped? Well, Jesus is talking here and he's talking about his heavenly father. And what I'm about to say here might sound intolerant, it's definitely not politically correct, but if the God that you worship is not the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you're not worshipping God. You are neither a true worshipper nor is your worship true. Jesus said to this woman, your worship, you worship what you do not know. That statement is true of so many so-called worshipers in our world today. I mean, a Muslim 
really does not worship God. A Buddhist really does not worship God. A Hindu really does not worship God. Because the only God that can truly be worshipped is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, to worship the Father, you must know the Father. And to know Him, you must be one of His children. To be one of His children, you must have a personal relationship with Jesus. The Bible says in John 1.12, But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in His name. And what does that mean? Once you do know God through a personal relationship with Jesus, you can worship Him anytime, any place. You may not have ever thought about the connection between evangelism and worship, but, but let me tie it in. See, the goal of evangelism is to produce true worshipers of the true God. Evangelism is the task of recruiting God worshipers. That's why this matter of focus is so important. Too often people come in to worship and they focused on themselves. And what can they get out of it? Are they doing the kind of music I like? Is everyone dressing the way I like? Does the building look the way I like? Am I comfortable? Am I happy? Now, now hear me. I, I want you to be blessed by the worship that you experience here at church. But worship is not primarily for what you can get out of it. It's for what you put into it. And it's for what God gets out of it. It's all about Him. True worship is not a matter of feelings. It's a matter of focus. And then finally, we have to be faithful in the way you worship. See, we're going to get down to brass tacks. Jesus summarizes worship in a simple statement that tells us the only two requirements God requires. And amazingly, not one word is spoken about music or style or dress or anything. Verse 24. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Worship that pleases God has two characteristics. Number one, it is spiritual worship. Number two, it is scriptural worship. First, Jesus said, true worship is spiritual worship. See, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit. Now, let me tell you what that means. Just as God is a trinity, man is a trinity. We have a body, a soul, and a spirit. And true worship, Jesus said, takes place in your spirit. Now, obviously, to worship God, you have to worship with your body. But many people have this idea that if they come to church and show up and sit down in their seats, they worship God. They think if they come to the right place at the right time and do all the right things, that they've worshiped God. And yes, you worship God with your body. You use your voice to sing and your ears to hear and your eyes to see and your hands to clap. But those are expressions of worship, not the essence of worship. Then there are worship people that worship God with their soul. They have this idea that worship is tied up in how they feel. If you leave feeling good, you've worshipped. If you leave feeling better about yourself, you've worshipped. If you leave feeling more comfortable about yourself, you've worshipped. Now, worship should affect how you feel. But again, how you feel about worship can be an experience from worship. But it's not the essence. God is spirit. You must worship Him in your spirit. Worship is when your spirit connects with His Holy Spirit. God said something to the prophet Isaiah that really foreshadowed what Jesus would tell this woman at the well. 
Isaiah 29. And so the Lord says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And they worship of me and amounts to nothing more than human laws learned by rote. What do you mean by this? He was talking about people who think that worship is coming to a certain place, dressing in a certain way, having a certain look, sitting in a certain posture, acting in a certain manner. But what we find here is radically different. God doesn't care if you're wearing a coat and tie or slacks or shorts. It doesn't matter if we have an order of worship or not. He he doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. Worship is a spiritual matter, not a social matter. But true worship is also scriptural worship. He said we must worship the Father in truth. That, that means that we are to worship the God of truth according to the truth of God. Because there are a lot of people who worship a God of their own design that we don't find in Scripture. There's an unusual place of worship in Kyoto, Japan called the Temple of a Thousand Buddhas. And it's unusual because worshipers can go there and literally design their own deity. It's filled with more than a thousand likenesses of Buddha, each one a little different than the next. And worshipers can go there and they can pick and choose which they like best. And they will go from statue to statue until they find the one they believe most resembles how they feel or who they are. And that's the one they worship. It's almost like the Mr. Potato Head of gods. (laughs) Well, you know, people today customize their own deity in America, too. You ever heard someone say, this is the God I worship? Like, the God I worship would never allow anyone to go to hell. The God I worship made homosexuals the way they are and they accept their lifestyle. The God I worship accepts anyone to heaven even if they're good enough or not. The God I worship doesn't care if I come to church or not. See, if you're worshiping a God that you've made up in your own mind, it's not true worship. We have a choice. We can worship the God of speculation, that is, the God you think ought to act the way you want Him to act. Or you can worship the God of revelation, the God who's revealed Himself in His Word. True worship is worshiping the God of truth according to the truth of God. There's one last verse I want to share with you that kind of sums up the essence of worship that is true and real. It's Romans 12.1. It says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. See, if you know anything about a sacrifice, you know that sacrifice represents complete surrender. Once you put a sacrifice on the altar, you lose total control of it. You never get it back. Well, the heart of worship is surrender. When you surrender your time by coming to church Sunday morning or or ministering to a friend who's hurting or, or visiting someone in the sick who is in the hospital, it's worship. When you surrender your talents and you take those gifts and abilities that God gave you and you use them to serve others, that's worship. When you surrender your treasure and you give back to God financially a portion of what He's given you, that's worship. When you learn that it's all about Him and you come to understand that worship is a 24-7 activity that never ends, 
that's when you remove to say to God, because it's all about you, I surrender it all. So let me ask you, as we close this morning, do you need to surrender at all? Surrender everything to God. To give Him your life. If that's what you desire, come. Stop by the church and talk with me. Call me, text me. I would love to share with you more about what it means to give your life to Christ. Just don't let another week go by without giving God what He desires. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank You for the privilege of worshiping You. It's all about You. Everything we say, everything we do, it's all about You. So Lord, help us each day to see how our worship to You is something that that never ends. It's in every area of our life. Help us to worship You in spirit and in truth. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.